By listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician or healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. Welcome to the Conscious Fertility Podcast. Today, our expert guest is Jacqueline Downs. Now, she is the author of the book, Enhancing Fertility Through Functional Medicine, Using Nutrigenomics to Solve Unexplained Infertility. And I'm going to get her to define nutrigenomics in a moment. She is a functional nutrigenomics consultant that has a passion for fertility optimization and reproductive wellness. And through the use of functional lab testing, detailed health history, symptoms, genetics, environmental and epigenetic influences, she works with fertility practitioners and clients to give them insight and tools to better determine root causes for reproductive challenges. Jacqueline has her Bachelor of Science degree in psychology, and she has a master's degree in holistic nutrition. In addition to being a certified health coach, she also holds a certification in genetic nutrition with the Nutrigenetic Research Institute, um, where she is also a researcher, and um, she can be contacted through her website as well, JacquelineDowns.com, which we'll put in the show notes. We'll put her Instagram handle down there as well. And I got to know Jacqueline because she wrote this book, as I mentioned, Enhancing Fertility Through Functional Medicine Using Nutrigenomics to Solve Unexplained um, Infertility. And I had the, the privilege to read the draft and write the forward in the end to your book. Um, and then I contributed a little bit to your low-level laser therapy chapter for fertility as well. So we've had some discussions over the last little while. And it's just so nice to be able to have you on the podcast to talk about your book and what you're doing, coaching um, both clients and um, health practitioners. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I was really looking forward to getting to have a wholesome chat with you. It's been a while. It's been uh, bits and pieces. It's true. And can you kind of start to define nutrigenomics? Because reading your book and talking to you over the plus years now, there are ways to explain unexplained infertility. So basically resolve that. But let's start with what is nutrigenomics? Nutrigenomics is basically the interplay between nutrition and our genes and how nutrition affects our genes and how our genes can affect how we receive, transport, or absorb, or degrade nutrients. And so there, there's very much interplay there. Also, what people don't, people just think about nutrients, but also toxins affect the way that our genes are expressed as well. And so your approach then is kind of getting to the cellular level. And can you share kind of what inspired you to write this book? Because if this is not a thin little book. This this book is comprehensive. You go into crazy detail and give a 12 weeks kind of plan to help optimize your fertility on a cellular level. So this is not just for unexplained infertility. When I read this book, this is for advanced maternal age infertility, PCOS, endometriosis, um, going into an IVF cycle. Like to me, this is you're wanting to increase your chances of getting pregnant, egg and sperm cell, uterine receptivity. Like we say at our clinic at AccuBalance, nourish the soil before you plant the seed. This book is how to nourish your soil. How come you wrote this book? Uh, because people need to know that. I feel like everybody's just talking about forcing hormones into specific ranges, you know, making sure that the anatomy is working. But 
it really comes down to oxidative stress. And once I learned about oxidative stress um, through doing research with the Nutrigenetic Research Institute, this was about 10 years ago, I got hired just to research MTHFR, this one single gene. And then as we know, that quickly evolved into every other gene in the pathway and then multiple pathways and how they interact. But oxidative stress is at the heart of every single chronic issue and imbalance that there is pretty much. Uh, and so I wanted to shout it from the rooftops that this is what oxidative stress is, which basically is the imbalance of free radicals and antioxidants. It's when you don't have enough antioxidant capacity to neutralize free radicals and these free radicals start damaging the cell. This is the cellular information as well as the physical structure of the cell. And so my book details various things that cause and contribute to oxidative stress, which damages cells and sperm and eggs are cells, but also cells make up whole systems and organs and glands and tissues. And so it's all connected and it really does come down to a cellular level of how well your cells are functioning. And you're talking oxidative stress. I remember a study um, where they talked about the ovaries capacity to deal with oxidative stress is reduced with age and therefore the egg quality becomes damaged and we have those chromosomal issues. So oxidative stress to you, this is that, like they call it body rust. So this is what can damage the body, the cells, egg cells and sperm cells. But oxidative stress is part of living and we need some oxidative stress. If you don't have any oxidative stress, then that's not good either. It's always about balance. So can you talk a little bit more about this oxidative stress and where you're see seeing it as an issue in the real world? Because we do need it, but maybe we have too much of it because of what? Like what's causing our oxidative stress issues and how do you like to address it and how can you test for it? Absolutely. So oxidative stress is one of those things, like many things in our body that needs to be in that sweet Goldilocks zone. You, you need oxidative stress to fight off pathogens. In studies in labs, um, they had mice with, they knocked out a lot of the antioxidant genes um, or certain specific ones, and then the mice couldn't fight off whatever pathogen it was. And so we, we need that oxidative stress. It's there. It's kind of like acute inflammation is really good for when we get hurt or, you know, there's get some injury or, or exposed to something, but it's that chronic low grade inflammation or oxidative stress. That is what causes the damage and wears down the body and ages the body faster. Oh, that's key. Cause I, I like to share with the audience when it comes to fertility, we want to be as biologically young as possible. And things like chronic systemic inflammation leads to inflammation. And so we have accelerated biological aging and premature degenerative diseases. And I say premature fertility decline. And so we're grouping oxidative stress as part of this inflammatory response and oxidative stress is causing accelerated biological aging. So you can be chronologically 40, but biologically 50. And your approach here then is to help reverse this aging so they can become chronologically 40 again, if that's their chronological age. Sorry, they're already chronologically 40. Can they become biologically 40 again? So can you talk about functional medicine testing? Because you talked about genes, you know, in the book, you talk about turning on and off genes. So I thought, because I know the naturopathic doctors in our practice, they're using a lot of functional medicine testing and even nutrigenetic, uh, nutrigenomic type testing, genetic testing. Um, it doesn't seem to be mainstream yet in a lot of like the reproductive clinics. So can you share why you're educating those to 
look at not just the fertility workup. So you st- we're still recommending the conventional workup, but what are some of the functional medicine testing you like and why the genetic testing? And that can tie into some of the things that you're seeing that are impairing fertility, right? Because you're obviously looking for these things that are impairing it. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Well, that was a really loaded question. So let me see if I can. I'll, um, I'll, I'll shrink it up a bit. So, <laughs> so let's ask it this way then. What are the things besides oxidative stress that you talk about in your book because they interfere with fertility, the of that peak fertility? And what are some of the what's the testing that you like to do or okay. to, to help to help uncover these things so we can address them? Okay, yeah. So I more and more just about every single client that I have seen and many of the practitioners that I work with. A lot of people have unknown they are affected by mold toxicity. So, and this is a huge one, and this is becoming a very, very popular topic in the functional medicine community. And so, a lot of people think, well, I don't see any mold in my house, so I don't think I have any exposure. But it could be an old farmhouse you grew up in, or it could have been a college dorm that you were living and breathing in 10 years ago. And so most mold is not visible to the eye and it's not mold. That's necessarily the problem. Yes, we can have some allergies to mold and reactions, but it's mold when it feels threatened, it kicks out mycotoxins to claim its territory. And those are really, really shown to be damaging to all the cells in our body. They are toxic to the kidneys. They're toxic to the liver. They're toxic to the reproductive systems and glands. Um, especially ZEA, xerolinone, um, is like the big endocrine disrupting mycotoxin. And so doing urinary mycotoxin testing, I have found does coincide with environmental testing if somebody is still currently living in a place with mycotoxins. And can it be addressed? Like, so if you find out you have it, is there a way to clear this? Absolutely. Yeah. And I have a whole chapter on that in my book with precision detoxification. So a lot of functional medicine doctors say, oh, well, you have mold. So here, take some glutathione. But glutathione is really only shown to help clear okra toxin A and aflatoxin B1. And so if that's not the type of mycotoxins you're dealing with, then the glutathione is not going to cause or solve that issue. It's not going to really clear that problem up for you. And so knowing which type of mycotoxin you're dealing with, you can upregulate that phase two liver detox pathway that those mycotoxins are cleared through. And a lot of people talk about methylation, but glucuronidation is the one that I think should get some time on the microphone. And other things that are leading to the root cause that you're thinking um, for subfertility, inflammation, oxidative stress. So you talked about, you just mentioned mold toxicity. You also talk about iron dysregulation, which I find interesting because so many of the conventional labs, when we do our lab testing, we see ferritin on the lower end. And even those that are severely anemic and have low iron, even when they get iron infusion, sometimes it's hard to top them up. What are you calling iron dysregulation and, uh, and why you're seeing this as an issue for fertility? Most people think the issue with iron is that you're deficient in it, but the blood can look deficient because we do have a lot of genes that are involved with transport and um, export and of and utilization of iron. And so iron needs to be properly used, properly chaperoned and used to, uh, to not be an issue in the body. And so iron oftentimes will get stuck in tissues in the body and build up there 
and look low in the blood. And so it's not an, an acquisition issue. So actually supplementing with iron can fuel the fire if you're not properly using it. It's a utilization issue. So we can do some testing, um, especially with the genes. Um, the software that I use is really has mapped out this whole, what's called the Fenton pathway, the Fenton reaction. That's where iron will oxidize and cause a whole lot of oxidative stress. Just like if you leave an iron rod out on your front lawn, it's going to oxidize and rust. Iron that is not properly bound and chaperoned and used in the body is going to oxidize and cause oxidative stress to the cell and damage it. Okay. This is, uh, I'm learning lots from you today, Jack. It's <laughs> nice to chat with you. Let's go into some of the testing that you like to do and, and more of the whys behind it. Is there anything we haven't touched on? I know what I wanted to ask you. Histamine. I want to talk about just this inflamed state we see people in, overreactive, and more so because not just our patients that are looking to grow their families I'm in my practice, but we're seeing more and more people since COVID, since the vaccines, that they seem to be sensitive and overreactive. Lots of skin issues showing up. And they're having to do massive changes in their diet, you know, this histamine reducing diet. Um, but you talked about this way before it became a bigger issue with the with COVID and the COVID vaccine. So can you talk about how this is impacting fertility, how you like to test it and treat it as well? Okay, so histamine and estrogen feed each other. And so histamine is simply it's released by the mast cells, which are a, a type of you know immune cell. And oftentimes it gets really trigger happy and it gets really sensitive to anything. And so it's kicking out this high alert reaction to the smallest things. And so people, this, this also can tie in with, with bigger immune issues like autoimmunity and stuff like that. But as far as histamine goes, your histamine is like a bucket in your body and it can fill up rather quickly, especially depending on your genetics. Some people have a really huge histamine bucket and it rarely gets filled up and other people's are really small or the drain that the histamine uh, is metabolized. And, you know, think about it like a bathtub or a bucket, um, their drain is really small or it's clogged. And so symptomatically, a lot of people think, well, I don't have histamine issues because I don't have hay fever. I don't have itchy eyes, runny nose, bronchial constriction, but histamine has its fingers in so many pots in the body. It affects our digestive system, our circadian rhythm, our cardiovascular system. Our, and so that's why I said estrogen and histamine feed each other. So you can have a lot of reproductive and menstrual issues. And the big flag for me is when somebody says that they feel worse right around ovulation, because right before ovulation is when our estrogen is at its highest. And so if people are getting migraines or feeling nauseous, that is a huge flag that histamine is an issue. And so just because you don't have hay fever, typical allergy type symptoms doesn't mean that histamine isn't an issue. So you can measure histamine in the blood. There's a couple roundabout ways. First, there's the straight out whole blood histamine that you can get, um, but also eosinophils and basophils, which are standard, standard in conventional medicine as well. Um, they are a good roundabout way to see if histamine is an issue for you. If that is elevated above two or 3%, you're, you might want to investigate or try a low histamine diet or, but really you want to go further up and see what's causing it. Am I just eating a lot of really high histamine foods? Like am I drinking kombucha every day? Am I eating fermented foods, which are really great. I don't want to discourage people from eating fermented foods, but if histamine is an issue for you, you're actually creating more stress on the body than you are helping your gut. 
Um, or it could be a genetic issue where you just don't have the capacity to clear the histamine as well as somebody that doesn't have the genetic profile that we do. Um, and you're, you mentioned the guts was making me think about in our practice how we're very interested, our naturopathic doctors, in the gut microbiome. Is this something that interests you when it comes to reproductive health? Absolutely. Yes, I, I firmly believe that it, it really does. And the gut is tied into everything. And so we we want to make sure that we're not eating inflammatory foods that we're reacting to that are causing inflammation in the gut and, and causing intestinal permeability. And also, if the gut isn't working well, then we're probably not eliminating. And we have to be eliminating these toxins or they're gonna recirculate and just further burden our liver and you need proper liver functioning for hormonal balance. And what about the impact of stress? Because I think about stress, how it can lead to, you know, I think of downstream, right? The adrenaline, the cortisols, these, how it can lead to inflammation on the body, how it can turn on and off genes, not for great health, right? And, uh, and just aggravate so many disease processes in the body, including impact fertility. So do you talk about addressing stress and, and do you see this as an impact on um, optimizing egg and sperm quality? Absolutely. 100%. And I have a whole entire chapter on that with a lot of different recommendations and modalities. So everything from grounding or earthing to getting sunshine, to moving your body, that doesn't mean start jogging or going to CrossFit. It's just doing something that works for your body type. That makes you feel good. That doesn't make you feel exhausted or irritable an hour after you're done. This is learning to say no. I even just talk about creating boundaries in my book. So there, there are many, many aspects. And of course you don't have to do all of them. You can just you know, pick what resonates with you and work on that. And you can always build off of that. But yes, absolutely. 100%. The stressors in our lives are affecting our health and our hormone balance. And I'll add to that for our listeners. It's not just the stressors, but it's how we perceive it. So without having to change your environment, having to change the stressor, there are tools so you can change how you perceive, react to it. So it doesn't have a stressful impact on you for many of the stressors. Obviously, some of them you do, you need to get out of that environment because it, there's no way you can, yeah, it's just sometimes you have to remove out of the environment, but most of them, many of them, I will say that it's how we perceive it and tools like a meditative practice. Uh, our patients are aware this is research on this acupuncture for mm-hmm. the good endorphins and re- reducing stress. Um, I like to practice my conscious fertility. We have the podcast, but I have a whole conscious approach in my practice teaching tools. So there are Qigong for fertility. We have a course that we launched on AccuBalance to help optimize fertility with Qigong, but that's also stress reducing. So stress is negative on our bodies. And the good news is most, there are so many tools that we can use in our lives. So it negates the stressor. So I wouldn't, um, so I don't get too worried about saying stress is, is not great because Jacqueline, so many people go, now you're stressing me out because you're saying stress isn't good for me, right? Right, right. Um, but I, this is about an empowering saying, yeah, you want to feel good that it's an inner journey, not, not an outer journey. This is not a stress talk, but it's not yeah. about trying to change the environment. It's more about changing your internal environment and then you'll perceive your outer environment more. Very well said. Yes. And and a lot of these things are free or very inexpensive. I talk about mindful breathing and I give three different breathing techniques that you can try and also tapping or EFT. Um, It's it's one of those might help can't hurt things. If you are a little bit like skeptical of the woo woo type stuff, it just takes a few minutes. And if you do it a couple minutes every day, you might notice benefit. And so these, these are a lot of actionable tools and there are many uh, options for you. If one doesn't work, something else probably will. 
And my high-powered lawyers and executives, type A women that I see, when they come in and I do tapping as part of my conscious work, they love the woo-woo stuff. They always say, how come? It, how does that work, right? And there's some, re- there's great research now on this, on how it affects cortisol, the amygdala, and uh, hippocampus, and even the vagus nerve. So it's really great that we're seeing research because people are feeling the difference. So yeah, there's a lot of simple tools. There's a lot of inexpensive tools. I talk about the limbic system and the vagus nerve in my book and, and recommend a few things that you can try or resources that you can turn to. And on the internet, vagus nerve techniques and tools are out there as well. Many of those are free and uh, and or really inexpensive. And then, of course, there's your really fancy in-depth programs as well, too, depending on how deep you want to go. So for our listener's sake here, if you're going to, if somebody's wanting to optimize their fertility, kind of what is your approach? Can you give us an outline of your approach, which to me is probably the index of your book, right? The, the table of contents of your book, but okay. um, a lot of them haven't picked up your book yet. Again, I encourage you all to uh, check out um, Jacqueline's book, Solving Unexplained Infertility, Your 12-Week Functional Fertility Plan. And I'll remind you that this is not just for unexplained infertility. This is a way to optimize fertility, no matter kind of what your diagnosis is. But yeah. can you share with us your, your approach? Yeah. And so I actually had somebody beta read my book. It was a client from years ago. And and she said, you know what, I'm going to recommend this to my brother, because even though they're not trying to get pregnant, he's dealing with some chronic issues and I know it's inflammation. And so he doesn't he doesn't need to take the the infertility and the you know the hormone stuff so much, but doing all of the action steps to address a lot of these things causing oxidative stress is going to help his chronic condition. And so I was like, that's exactly right. I just sort of curtailed the book and catered it to the fertility community because that's where my passion is. And my, my previous career was in birth work and all that, but really it's for any kind of chronic inflammatory condition. You know, we share that because the podcast is called the Conscious Fertility Podcast. However, majority of the presentations, even if you were trying to grow your family, the conscious work you can benefit from. And here we are now talking about the physical body and the same thing, a healthy body is that fertile expression body. And so you don't have to be trying to grow your family to implement what you share if you want to experience better health because that's what's going to optimize your fertility, but it's just going to optimize your health on a cellular level. Can you share kind of what you're... an overview of what the 12-week action plan would look like? Like, how do you start it? Does it start with testing? It starts with a very, very detailed intake health history case study um, where I ask so many questions on everything from their poops. And I will ask people more about their poop than probably anybody ever else has because you can tell a lot. you You have to... Chinese medicine doctors, we love talking about the bowels. So, so we're we're on this. We're probably on the same wavelength because that we we get you to look into that toilet bowl. Then, yeah, peek at your love. poo, everybody. Peek at your poo. Yeah. So, you and Chinese medicine doctors love to talk about bowels. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, what kind of bowel movements? What are your periods like? Is there brown blood coming in before the the red blood? Is it you know are they clotty? Are they crampy? Are you having mid cycle problems? I also ask about how they may have grown up in. I, I actually ask for their current address if they want to share it only for pulling up Google Maps and seeing where they might be living near that could be contributing to some sort of oxidative stress. Say if it's a, a factory, like a plastic factory or a farm that sprays or something like that, that could absolutely be affecting you, especially if you are somebody with genetic predispositions 
for weaknesses in that area. So what else do I, t- I talk about sleep? I ask about sleep hygiene. I ask about water that they're drinking. A lot of, a lot of people have well water and they don't realize that the statistic is that your well is vulnerable to anything, any runoff within four square miles. And so a lot of water testing companies don't test for things like perchlorate um, and glyphosate, stuff like that. But the, you can you can pretty much get anything tested these days. So so my approach starts with a really in-depth intake. And then based on those person's top um, symptoms and goals, I'll say, okay, well, it seems like this, this, and this are the root of what is going on for you. So um, we can recommend some testing. And oftentimes that's something called a urine organic acids test, Mm -hmm. which is probably the most run test in my practice, um, even more so than a Dutch, because if somebody's coming to me and they have some issues, of course, their hormones are going to be imbalanced. I'm not going to start out with a hormone test. I'm going to clear the things that are causing the hormone imbalance and get the gut right and clear out the mold and all that kind of stuff and then measure a true baseline of the hormones. Um, so the urine organic acids test is a big one. Yeah, that one gives so much information. We like that a lot in our practice at AccuBalance. You can get, a, I mean, you can look at, you'll see inflammatory triggers. You can look at, you'll see oxidative stress. You can tag on for the essential fatty acid as well, markers, detox pathways, mitochondrial dysfunction. You can really get a lot of stuff that impacts, as I call it, the soil or the cellular environment. So yeah, we like that as well. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of bang for your buck. And it's a lot of buck, but it's a lot of bang for your buck. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Organic acids test you like. Sometimes yeah. you do the Dutch test. Anything else? Uh, the mycotoxin testing. And right. I do like regular good old blood tests, but oftentimes people need to request additional markers. Ferritin's not always on a standard blood test. Um, whole blood histamine isn't. Um, sedimentation rate isn't. So there, there are certain other blood markers that can be tacked on. Also full thyroid panel. I'm sure, you know, plenty of people have talked about this beyond just TSH and maybe T4. You want to know the whole picture of what's going on with the thyroid as well. There's a, I'll share with our listeners that Dr. Kaylee McIsaac, naturopathic doctor, has an episode. I don't remember the num- the episode number, but on functional medicine testing. So you can um, check out that episode as well for more detail. And then Jacqueline goes has a whole chapter on this in her book. And then if I recall in the appendix, you list some of the testing companies that you like to use, if I recall. I do have a reference section with a few testing companies and I am not affiliated with them. Um, and if I am, I, I state it there, but as far as like the big lab companies go, I have found them to be very, very revealing for a lot of my clients. And so I just wanted to put, put that in there. And I don't even know if these labs know that I mentioned them in my right. book. Yeah. And so I just wanted to say that I did write my book for two demographics. So there is, I don't want to deter anybody that is trying to get pregnant or, or sustain a pregnancy because it sounds like it's really heady and in depth and, and, you know, nerdy. So the, the regular part of the text is written for the motivated lay person. And then I have appendices where all of the biochemical and genetic, really meaty, nerdy stuff is. So you can absorb what you want and leave the rest. Yeah. And give a copy to your practitioner, tell them to buy a copy. Sure. <laughs> and Jack and I have been chatting and I'll just let my colleagues know. So those that are practicing functional medicine, the naturopathic doctors and the Chinese medicine doctors that have a focus on reproductive health, Jacqueline has a course on healthy seminars. So we will put some of that in the show notes or contact us. But if you want to learn how to diagnose and treat like Jacqueline then uh, and follow the, along with the book, then we're going to have that as a resource for you guys as well. So you do some testing 
and then kind of your approach to reverse a lot of the stuff. I'm assuming diet's a big part of it. Uh, yes. And there is no one diet that works for anyone. So I, I like to say that my book looks at really common, but lesser known root causes of oxidative stress and therefore fertility challenges. Um, so for instance, oxalates, some people may need a low oxalate diet, but I don't want to deter people from eating high oxalate foods because some of the highest oxalate foods are also some of the most healthy foods. Can you define that first oxalate? So our listeners know what you're talking about. Sure. Oxalates, everything in nature has its protective mechanism from getting eaten. So uh, oxalates are compounds in plants that bind to minerals in the body. And a lot of animals inherently know not to eat these things, but we consume them often as far as humans go. And, you know, we sort of lost our innate ability to know what's good for our bodies and not. And so the most common, commonly well-known issue with oxalates are kidney stones. They're calcium oxalate crystals, but really less than 5% of oxalate issues present as kidney stones. So these little jagged crystals can get lodged in muscles causing muscle pain, connective tissue causing fibromyalgic pain, joints causing joint pain. They really like to tend to form around the pelvic bowl. So that's your urinary, your bladder, um, even uh, vulvodynia, um, interstitial cystitis. These things all do and can have ties with oxalates. And so uh, like I said, there's no one diet that works for everybody. Now, some people are genetically predisposed to just needing to follow a lower oxalate diet or stay away from high oxalates. And then other people, it would just be like a, a protocol while we're getting their fats on track and while we're healing their gut and clearing out the mold because oxalates can be produced by excess fungus in the body. And also fat maldigestion is the number one documented cause of hyperoxalaria, which is too many oxalates in the body. So I have a whole chapter on that too, but if that's just like overwhelming to you, uh, I break it down really simply. But yeah, so there's, there's low histamine diets and there's low oxalate diets and there's gluten-free diets and there's dairy-free diets. And me personally, I try not to do things too restrictive and too militant because that just creates a wagon in which people fall off of. And so if we can verify it with testing and we can just try and take out the smallest amount of things that we can, then I feel that leaves the variety that feeds the good gut bacteria and has a broader array of nutrients. You know, your book is comprehensive. So again, a shout out to your book, encouraging both our listeners, whether you're public or practitioner to check it out. Again, for the practitioners on healthy seminars, those that are familiar um, with healthy seminars, we have some more resources with Jacqueline. And I find we're aligned with what you shared in your book. So, you know, you, you're talking about tightening up those blood sugar levels. You're addressing inflammation, oxidative stress. You're looking at diet, um, the functional medicine testing. It's what we do at our clinic. And so that's why it was so aligned. And then just how you explained it in your book. And then we just got more information from there. So it was so it was such a great resource. Even we, we practice so similar how you share this. We have the low-level laser therapy. You have that in your book. You talk about it. We use acupuncture as well. and just going through your book, it was it was nice to see what you were sharing. And again, just some of the explanations, some of the research you share, introducing us to some tests that we weren't um, different companies and stuff. So it was it was a good read for me. And I think it's it's that idea in your, in your title that I'm solving that unexplained infertility. Not everybody's going to go through a, an IVF cycle or are able to. And even if they are, a reproductive endocrinologist that I do talks with often, she often says garbage in, garbage out. If you're going to do an IVF, you want that egg and sperm cell to be optimal. 
And so garbage in, garbage out, just doing an IVF doesn't guarantee that health blueprint of your child, that healthy child or a pregnancy. That's what this, your book does. Your 12-week action plan is how to how to optimize that egg and sperm quality, that cellular environment. And those that listen to me, the nourishing the soil, getting that soil optimal um, so that egg and sperm can reach their peak fertility potential. This is what you're sharing. It's, it's fantastic, right? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And as far as the soil goes, a lot of people, you know, relating to genetics and genomics, I don't recommend genetic testing just for isolated genes because no gene works in isolation, but I know MTHFR is a really, really commonly known gene. People are just testing for that. And then they're saying, oh, well you need more folate. And that's just like putting one nutrient into your soil rather than nourishing the soil with everything that it needs naturally. And and going back to diet, it's not necessarily any dietary theory or approach. It's also, I talk more about just eating clean, real, unprocessed, unsprayed food um, and avoiding the toxins and all of the preservatives and flavor enhancers and texturizers and all of that stuff. I'll share because you're talking diet. On the AccuBalance website, it's free. We have a the AccuBalance Fertility Diet with recipes that I wrote with uh, my colleague, Dr. Kelly McIsaac. So I just want to let you guys know, okay, what should I eat? We have that free diet on our website. And Jacqueline talks so much about diet and ideas in her book. So there's lots of resources out there. And as she said, there's no right diet. There's It depends on the individualization, but there are certain things you can definitely know to incorporate and not incorporate. So diet's key. Another important thing that you share in your book. So thanks for doing that as well. As we wrap up here, is there anything you wanted to share with your listeners from your your experiences consulting and uh, for both health professionals and for for the people that are looking to grow their families? Uh, I did just mention that no gene works in isolations. And also just because you have a genetic variant does not mean that it is expressing. And like you had mentioned our genes can get turned on and off, but I more recently have started likening it to um, a dimmer switch because it's not that they're full on or full off. There's things that can affect the, the functioning to a certain degree. Um, so just doing genetic testing is not necessarily a diagnostic in itself because genes all work in layers. There's a lot of things upstream and a lot of things downstream, and we don't know for sure if they're expressing. And that's why it's really nice to pair genetic testing with functional lab testing. So you can actually see if those genetic predispositions are manifesting and if so, to what degree. Yeah, it's good to unpack that a bit because often when you get your, when you do this testing, genetic testing, people will think of it as like a death sentence. They get quite concerned. And mm-hmm. as you're sharing, as we now know, um, based on how many genes we have, you know, I think, what do they say? We're, we're comparable to the fruit fly or something. <laughs> like we don't have that many for all the processes that happen. And so, so many other things are happening, um, like an orchestra for things to manifest. And so I use the word predisposed. For example, I've had mine tested. So I'm a I'm a poor methylator, right? So um, because of that, there's things I can do to help with inflammation. So it's just because of the test, it's inspired me to be a little bit more conscious. And now I test certain inflammatory markers annually just to see, am I manifesting, you know, that predisposed? And I, I, vitamin D is one of my issues as well. And if I don't take a good dose of D, it's, you can start to see it get lower and lower and lower. So it allows me to, and our patients to, check for things where they're predisposed. So predisposed doesn't mean it will happen. (laughs) It just means you're at risk for it happening, right? Where somebody else could eat or do or live a certain way and they're never going to get X disease or something's going to happen because just the way they, their blueprint is. And then some of us are more at risk, but it doesn't mean we'll get it. It just means at risk. And for me, it just motivated me to take steps, lifestyle, dietary, 
to help minimize that risk. Yes, it's very, very empowering. It's not a death sentence. It's like, hey, good to know that this is an issue. It's not an issue now, or maybe it is depending on testing or you know symptoms, but you can take steps to prevent and be proactive and support and compensate for any of those genetic variants. So I, I just think it's more empowering than it is disempowering. And just on this note, I didn't think I was going to ask this, but it's coming up. It's in my mind now is, you know, like some of the tests we can see like poor detox pathways. So I always get curious for those that are doing um, a lot of hormone treatments or back-to-back IVFs, how does that impact them? Because some people respond well and better if they do like back-to-back IVF cycles. And then some people on the birth control pill just feel terrible or after an IVF, things don't seem great. Are you seeing this based on in their genetics and in the organic acid testing? Are you kind of being able to see that you can predict this? I am so glad you asked that. Yes, 100%, because depending on how, so your hormones are produced, you have hormone receptors that are like where those hormones fit into a keyhole, and then you, you transport your hormones and you degrade your hormones, and all of these are dictated by your genes, every single step of that way. And so some people might have some phase one issues with some CYPs as far as which pathway the estrogen is going to go down. So you might be uh, taking all of this estrogen, but if you're going down the 4-hydroxy pathway, that's the quote unquote breast cancer DNA damaging pathway, and you're not doing something to support that then you likely may be causing more of an issue. Um, but then also phase two liver detox is a huge part of it. So you could be getting all of these hormones, but you're not able to clear them. And so they're just getting recirculated in the body if you're not able to metabolize and clear them from the body. And of course, if you're not pooping every day, uh, that's, I talk about this bottoms up approach to detoxification in my book where Um, If you're not pooping every day, don't do anything to stimulate liver detoxification because it's like, you know, you can take all the trash from each room in your house, but if the trash truck's not going to come, then it's just going to start building up in and around your house. And so we need to make sure that you're able to eliminate the toxins every day. But, but yes, knowing your genetics, we can see what your phase one and phase two liver detox pathways are, especially in relation to hormones, as well as specific toxins and certain drugs and stuff like that. And I want to remind myself and our listeners that this sounds complicated, but it's simple. Simple in that even if you didn't know your genes, right, your genetic predisposition, remember um, the body wants sleep. So sleeping, the body loves movement and rest. So there's lifestyle, eating a nourishment, nourishing diet, having community stress reduction practices. So if you give the soil what it needs, add a little water, pull some weeds, your body's going to do what it needs to do. So I just want to remind you guys, because you're like, oh my God, I got to do this, that. Really, it is simple. It's all the things you're hearing about what your great, great grandparents kind of did, right? Eat healthy, organic, stay away from the chemicals. So I just want to share that it's not as complicated as maybe it could be sounding as we're chatting. It's true because, oh, sorry to interrupt. All the things you just said help to ensure proper gene expression. Right. And so it really comes down to the simples and the basics. And now there's some really complicated cases where it's good to know your genetics, you know, if you really have a specific issue, but really it comes down to all of these things that regardless of what our genetics are, this is what the human body is designed to thrive and, and have vitality on. Yeah. If you're doing these things and you're still having 
weird gut things or incredibly uncomfortable menstrual cycles, you know, just things that you know, this doesn't seem healthy, right? This is where it gets individualized. And this is where the testing can really come into play to see, okay, what this is where you can get individualized medicine, right? Where you do these type of genetic testing and or, organic acid testing. So, and some people just want to know, like me, I just wanted to, well, we were doing it with our patients. So I had to be the guinea pig. So I wanted to, I tested everything. And then I saw, I realized, I didn't get a good deck of cards, you know, <laughs> I didn't have to, but just so my audience knows, I used to be a CPA, a chartered accountant. It was my health issues that brought me into Chinese medicine for my own experience. So it wasn't like I tested and all of a sudden I found out I didn't have a good deck of cards. I kind of knew I didn't have a good deck of cards because I struggled with health my whole life until I started experiencing Chinese medicine and naturopathic medicine and changing my life. And then later in life, I'm feeling good. But when I did all my testing, it was like, oh, that makes sense. But the other tests that show what I'm expressing come back really good, but I'm predisposed because I changed my life. So I, I guess that's something I want to share from a personal experience. Poor health. I didn't know my genes back then, but changed all the, made these changes that you share in your book, right? All the diet and lifestyle, detoxifying. And then my body changed. I felt different. I felt healthier. So you can reverse some of these disease processes and you can reverse some of this biological aging as well. And so I encourage you to look at Jacqueline's website and check out her book. And if you're a practitioner, check out more of her resources on healthy seminars. And again, that title of her book is Enhancing Fertility Through Functional Medicine Using Nutrigenomics to Solve Unexplained Infertility. Um, Jacqueline, thank you so much for sharing your this information. Thank you so much for writing your book as well and coming on our show on the Conscious Fertility Podcast. Lauren, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. If you're looking for support to grow your family, contact AccuBalance Wellness Center. At AccuBalance, they help you reach your peak fertility potential through their integrative approach using low-level laser therapy, fertility acupuncture, and naturopathic medicine. Download the AccuBalance Fertility Diet and Dr. Brown's video for mastering manifestation and clearing subconscious blocks. Go to AccuBalance.ca, that's A-C-U-Balance.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious and for a few moments, bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe.